You are listening to another Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast of the Board of Youth and Young Adults of the BFC. We exist to refocus, recapture, and realign student ministry with a grace-filled and God-focused vision. I'm Chris. I'm Jared. And I'm Tim. And we just want to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you are listening to us, we are still thrilled that you do. So I just want to say we love that you're here, and I love that Chris has so much more energy with this music. <laughs> this new song brings out the energy. That is for sure hey it was a good it was a good switch and you know kudos to jared i don't know if we can give a round of applause to jared uh that yeah (laughs) he put the wrong button um here it is oh that's all we have i thought i thought you had some no No. we only have three buttons ah and so I added the last. So one. that's so why today's applause. episode is a fundraising episode, so we can purchase more buttons. <laughs> more buttons. I think it's five hundred dollars a button, and we want ten. No. So uh, no, not quite that much. Better. Okay, we're just, yeah. we're just kidding. Okay. Okay. But yeah. speaking of fundraising, we have <laughs> Ooh, Alex with us. That is he's good, fundraising. Whoa. That is a good segue. We do have a special guest with us. His name is Alex Hartranft, and he's actually from Cedar Crest BFC about Bible Fellowship Church, where I serve, and uh, he was a youth intern. With us for like three years, right? About three to four years. Yeah, yeah. three to four years. I he, thought you just said 34 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> Wait, like, wait a I minute. I can't move on. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he grew up in this youth ministry, was saved, uh, by, was led to the Lord by someone in our student ministry when he was a student, mm-hmm. um, and uh, God called him to missions here. And so today we're actually talking about uh, incorporating missions into your student ministry and teaching it and, and doing it and preparing kids for it and all that. So Alex, why don't you just introduce yourself? I know I just gave several facts about you, anything I just missed, and maybe what what you're preparing to do now. Yeah, no. My, so I'm Alex Hartramft, and I've been going to Cedar Crest here ever since I was a baby, uh, so 24 years. And uh, yeah, the Lord, the Lord saved me in my high school years. Um, was just living for uh, the world and had my desire and my lot there until, uh, as Chris mentioned, God used... Um, uh, faithful friends who really lived out the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and and um, lived it by word and deed, um, and God regenerated my heart there. Uh, and then throughout later year in high school and early or first year of college, just felt a passion to pursue uh, vocational ministry uh, as God used other people to change uh, my heart, wanted to be a part of uh, leading others to follow and treasure Jesus with their lives. And uh, throughout College, just a variety of of different things that the Lord used, including his word, conferences, people involved in my life to just give me a big heart uh, for people who've never even heard of that gospel before, which is um, why the Lord has led me now into this path and journey to the field. And and just to encourage you, uh, youth pastors out there, we're we're, we're going to talk about, you know, one of the ways you can uh, encourage missions is to do short-term trips, but Alex has actually had some really bad experiences on short-term trips, and yet the Lord has still <laughs> used them to call him to missions. So <laughs> this is true. I don't know if you want me to talk about those. I th- yeah, wh- why not? Just let Give them know that, that you're kind Maybe of not. Goof, all right, all right. So this details. is no, no, yeah, no, no details of yeah. who, who no it sound was. effects like you normally. That's give. right, parents. Don't let this discourage you. By the way, all right? <laughs> this is more stupidity. Uh, it wasn't even ignorance. I knew what I was doing. Uh, senior year of high school, I went on a trip to Bolivia, South America. And our youth pastor at the time made it very apparent uh, that on the last day when we were in the city to not eat from the street vendors there. It's not a good idea. It's not going to settle well with your stomach. And I, uh, being the adventurous and boisterous person that I am, decided "Ah, it's not going to be that bad. So I I saw this empanada and uh, the lust of the eyes took over. (laughs) 
and the cravings of the flesh. And I decided, let's go for it. It was pretty cheap. It was less than an American dollar. So I got it. Didn't really even taste that good and uh, had a, quite the adventure um, of throw up and um, more problems uh, on the plane ride home. And thankfully, there was a nurse on the trip. And we, we had a layover flight from South America in Panama. And I remember we had like three or four hours to get to our flight. And they wheeled me out on a wheelchair. That's how sick um, and weary I was uh, to a Panama uh, medical clinic that was there. They stuck an IV in me, threw fluids in me, and uh, I was good to go for the flight just in time. <laughs> wow. And the Lord still called on the and mission. The Lord still called. And then me. even when you went on this survey trip a couple years ago mm-hmm. for the place you're going to go, mm-hmm. you, you got equally sick for days, right? This is true, yeah. Uh, this time the missionary said it was okay to eat this food, but I, <laughs> it, I still bit the bullet. Um, oh, man, boy. I felt like I wanted to die. And that's exactly where God's calling you, right? Yeah. And where is that? Uh, that is Chad, Africa. Chad, Africa. Yep. Africa is a is a continent. Chad is the country. Yes, that's right. And it is. Uh, you're you're going to. It's. Did I get this wrong? Is it which part of Chad? Uh, so it's north of the capital. It's really close to Lake Chad, okay. uh, which I believe. Uh, that please fact check me on this. I don't. I don't know, but I think it's the second largest lake in Africa. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So. So yeah. So Alex is going there. So Alex, why don't we start? You know, with defining missions, and and this might be controversial, but I, I think it's important. Right? Theology matters, including mm-hmm. in youth ministry. What what would you say to somebody who would tell you, well, you know, I guess my approach to missions is I want all of our students to have a taste in it because all of them are missionaries if they're believers. What? Mm-hmm. How would you respond to that? Yeah, and I think the heartbeat in that is is a very sincere one. Uh, we're we're all as Christians called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? We're all ambassadors, as Paul would say in Second Corinthians. We're all in Acts one eight. We're all witnesses. Um, of what Christ has done, but I think in in the in the scriptures and specifically to the New Testament, you see this uniqueness of of taking the gospel and crossing language and cultural barriers. So I, I would define mission simply in one sentence as uh, proclaiming the gospel um, by crossing language and cultural barriers, and especially to areas where the gospel has not yet been heard or where Christ has not yet been named. So some of the things I like to ask people, you know, why don't I ask you guys these questions are, you know, first, do you have a Bible in your heart language and to help you out? That would be English. Can you guys answer that for me? Yes. 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 Multiple. Cool. Multiple Bibles, right? We have tons of different translations, Bible available in our heart language. Second, do you have um, Christians in your life uh, who would be able to tell you about Jesus Christ? Yes or no? Yep. 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 And then thirdly, um, do you have, and, and I believe you're all pastors here, so this is a pretty easy question. Do reverence. you all, reverence, reverence. I, I apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry for my irre- irreverence. So it's fresh for Jared and Chris, <laughs> yes. so they really needed to get that in there. Yeah, and yeah. you were not there for us for that two episodes ago, but we did it anyway without you. All right, anyway. so, so Reverend Von Holt, uh, Reverend Hogan, Reverend Burkholder, uh, do you guys attend a local church? Weird. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So, <laughs> so those pause, three no questions, those three questions, uh, there are, you know, and it's approximately about 2 billion people in the globe that can't answer yes to any mm-hmm. of those questions. So when mm-hmm. we talk about missions, we're talking about crossing these language and cultural barriers to proclaim Christ. And especially particularly in a place where Christ has not yet been heard. There right. is no local church. There is no Bible in their language. And, and really the, <clears throat> those that you focus on would be the the ethnic groups, the ethnic groups, which is really what nations means in the English Bible, that it, it's mm-hmm. a, you know, God promises in Revelation to have people from every tribe, language, yeah. and tongue 
around his throne worshiping him and so the goal is to reach those groups that have not yet heard of christ like to prioritize them that's correct yeah as we call them unreached people groups um alex uh, just a question for you is we're we're going to dig into the discussion about how this impacts youth ministry how do we excite students about missions and youth ministry but my question for you is um so you're going to the mission field you share it some stories but what was it that drove you to have a passion to go to do missions? Yeah, I would say it wasn't it wasn't the first short term trip I went on, but the second one uh, we were in we were in Bolivia. I went there twice, and I remember going to this village um, that uh, uh, our mission one of our missionary couples was ministering. And I remember asking the question of the missionary, like, "Hey, how many people in these village you know know about Jesus?" And he goes, "None." They spoke a different language, so they didn't speak Spanish there. They spoke their own tribal language. I remember just feeling burdened. I felt sad for the rest of the day thinking, these people don't even know the name of Jesus Christ. Who's going to tell them about that? And and as we talked about in Romans um, 15, this idea of preaching Christ where it's not been named comes from um, this passage where Paul talks about, and he says verbatim, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. So I remember at that point, that verse, and then really had substance to it when I actually was in a location where, wow, this is reality. Like mm-hmm. you could say the name of Jesus and people would say, who's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a guy from a different village down the, you know, down the river? Like, um, and then from that point, being... Honest and talking about that with older mentors. Um, at my time, the mentor I had, uh, who's an elder at the church, as well as my outreach pastor, and really like digesting this with other people, not just keeping it internally, but actually talking about it, seeking advice, seeking wisdom, um, was one of the first things that God used on the journey. Mm. So you're, you're getting at that um, those are the things that kind of drove you to it, got you excited about mini, uh, mission. So I'll, I'll give you, you can answer both these questions, but w- what additional things excite you about the opportunity to be a missionary and what are your fears? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, a combination of excitement and fears, as you said. What excites me is, is actually in that next verse, and I'll probably butcher it, but Paul talks about those, he quotes the Old Testament, future prophecy where Isaiah says those who have never been told will see and those who have never heard will understand. So to be used as as simply a vessel, um, I want to get this out of the way really quickly. Uh, there's no missionary that's extraordinary. Um, all of us sitting here in this conference room and then all of you guys listening, we're all ordinary people, but are able to be used by an extraordinary God. Um, so to be used by God to bring the gospel to a people who you know, this is a Muslim people group that we're looking at here in Chad. So they've heard the name of Jesus through the Quran, but it's not the biblical Jesus, it's not the Jesus that saves Jesus, who is the only son of God, um, who's come to die for their sins. So to be able to present that Christ to them, and if the Lord so chooses to s- develop fruit from that ministry, to see those people come to trust in Jesus, among this particular people group who in that, throughout history has never even heard of the name of Jesus. There's never been a church there. To see God raise that up, that excites me. That excites me. And also just simple things like to be able to try other people's food, to be able to meet people different culture, uh, to be part of a, a culture where you know people are constantly doing community together. It's a less individualistic, more people are into culture. Like that excites me too. Hmm. I like that you shared that last piece too, because I think you just shared that even um, some of the non-spiritual things, uh, like you're just kind of... <laughs> excited about new culture, new ideas, new people group. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's like you're also equipped in some ways to go and to do missions as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super extroverted guy. Like I, you know, Chris can tell you, like, I'll just go visit uh, my other staff members' offices and just talk to them. So sometimes they have to really establish a closed door policy with me. (laughs) Kick Um, kick you out. We have have an open door policy with everyone except Alex. So so you didn't answer now. Alex don't close the door. Your fears. Yeah. Now we did the excitement. The fears. What are your fears? I'm afraid of telling you. That's my fear. Okay. All right. Just come on. Let it out. I'm just kidding. No. And and Chris... Chris mentioned uh, some of this earlier. F- fear of missing out's a big one, I think. Um, I have big, major FOMO. Um, you know, I, I also am in an office where I, I've learned that I need to close the blinds in my windows because people come into the main office and I want to leave the office to go out there and talk to them. So I have big, major FOMO, fear of missing out. And in all reality, like leaving here, leaving behind the relationships that the Lord has blessed me with, um, leaving behind even opportunities uh, to advance in a job here, um, uh, leaving behind some of the just excitement of American culture with sports and things that I, I, I'm interested here. Like that, that is something that I'm afraid of. Um, and even uh, just the fear of um, loneliness, uh, being a single guy, like that's very real for me, just to be candid and um, to go over there. So any single ladies listening who want to go to the field? Um... <laughs> that's right. Sorry. Fundraising money and fundraising a wife. <laughs> Email us at another. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Submit your applications. Oh, oh, my goodness. Jared will sift through those. With pictures. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> For yeah. Alex. For Alex. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, that really is another reality. Um, just, And I know, you know, I'm going to be going there and not knowing the language right away. Uh, so even mm. communicating with other people there, it's going to be hard to have the same type of relationships like I'd have here. Yeah, exactly. Like you, the first thing you have to learn is where's where's the bathroom? That's yeah, right. You know, That's I, right. I also want to point out, it's very neat to hear that <clears throat> you're 24 years old and going and already um, when I, I when I first met you you know I, I first met you more when you were interning youth ministry I didn't even know you had a heart for missions yet uh, you don't think you were even you might have just started Lancaster Bible but um, where you are today is amazing to me that you're you're planning to be on the field now by hopefully next August we're we're um, and that's amazing to me that at your young age, that the Lord had used people in your life at a very young time frame through your youth ministry time frames for then for you to go to college where you wanted to go and to study and to now know you're going to the field. Um, it's incredible to me. And I think we'll get into how that happened and why that uh, the Lord, the way the Lord ordained it. Um, and we'll talk about our prayer would be that our youth ministries could be places that would mm. bring more people out that are and like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> my last question with this is for you, how is, I mean, those are real fears. I mean, when I heard you share them, I'm like, yeah, I, I would have that similar fear. And um, that's how is the Lord bigger than that for you? Hmm. I think, um, as I said, having people around me is key. Um, and especially uh, my, my outreach pastor, Pastor John LaRusso, um, you know, he was there for 10 years, so he understands the loneliness. He understands wrestling through the fears and anxieties uh, as well. So to have people that I can confine in um, and keep accountable with when, when I'm not thinking with a biblical mindset, uh, I think is very helpful. Um, and knowing that the fear and anxiety is not necessarily a wrong thing. It's how I respond to that. Um, first Peter five, seven, we, we all know at casting all your anxieties on the Lord. Cause he cares for you. Like he cares about those things. Christ as a <clears throat> high priest sympathizes with loneliness. Right. Um, but he had the father, um, and knowing that, um, where I'm going, if it were not for Christ going to Chad would be a total waste of my time. 
total waste of my time. But because it's for the glory of Christ, it's like he's treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and and covered up and sold all that he had to buy that field. Like to see these people come to know this same Jesus, reminding myself, preaching that glorious treasure to myself constantly um, are some things that don't necessarily make it immediately easier with the fears and anxieties, but help me have a heaven bound perspective, uh, an eternal perspective uh, as I as I navigate through uh, and deal with that as I move forward towards yeah. getting closer to the field. And and not to not to uh, throw water on your flames or anything, but I, I know even as you and I have talked, not only are you an ordinary person, you, and you just you just kind of pointed to it. That's why I'm going to highlight it: is you're you're an ordinary person with a lot of the same struggles as every other mm. believer yeah. trying to follow Jesus. Um, and you and I have talked about things that probably most <clears throat> people your age and younger are have and will wrestle through. Um, and so, like those those things don't necessarily prohibit you from going to the field they those those weaknesses and those struggles and you know the the fomo and 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 uh all, all that really are things that god can use to prepare you for the field um mm. and and use you to get you ready for for his glory one of the things that i that i want to ask you about because uh we, we are at this point going to make this a two-part episode because we just think that um we do want to get to the more practical stuff of what you can do in youth ministry but we mm. really i guess I, there, I, I want to go somewhere after this question, but I want to ask this for maybe um, some of the moms and dads who are listening or youth pastors mm. who have heard things like this from moms and dads. What would you say? Because I, because I know that you're, that your mom, you know, you're, you're a mama's boy or, you know, she, mm-hmm. she really, you're, you're her youngest. So she, yeah. you're her baby. What, what would you say about that dynamic of, of a mother basically for what, at least four years, you're going to be gone before you come back on home assignment. Yeah. Um, once you leave, what would you say to parents or youth pastors to help parents with? Yeah, I think, um, I wanted to read this cause I was thinking about that earlier. Um, and don't want to butcher it, but it's, I mean, everyone's very familiar with this. Sorry. You can hear me turning the pages. Hey, we have Bibles here, people. That's, That's right. Bible. That's right. And this one's in English. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's in Deuteronomy 6, and very familiar with the great Shema, and uh, here is what Moses, and, and, and under the inspiration of the Spirit, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Um... So I think my big encouragement to parents um, is teach your kids first and foremost to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might, with everything that you are. Um, it's not necessarily – you can easily have um, – maybe – I think that I'm saying this right. David Platt says you can have a heart f- for missions but miss a heart for God. Um, and then ultimately it's not missions as God intends it to be. So teaching your kids to love Christ above all other things, um, making that a daily discipline through the reading of his word, through prayer, um, teaching your kids that Christ is worth it and taking risks. Even, you know, we were having this conversation earlier today, Chris, like even testifying to Christ with your with your neighbors, uh, testifying to Christ with family members who are hostile to the gospel, testifying of Christ to people in your schools, that's taking a risk because um, it's 
you know, Jesus says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. People, the gospel is naturally offensive. And even by proclaiming Christ here, we're taking risks with reputation, with friendships. But we're convinced that we do that because Christ is worth it. He's worthy of his glory. And those people need Christ. So I think teaching your kids um, to see that Christ is worthy, pray that the Spirit uh, impacts their hearts on that truth. Um, and being willing even um, if as you're teaching them that to rejoice when they might come and ask about the mission field or um, they might say I'm feeling a calling to the point where your response is hallelujah not that it's not hard not that yeah. it's not difficult um, but I think you know again we can we can have a heart for missions but miss a heart for Christ and mission John Piper says mission exists because worship doesn't yeah. um, worship is the ultimate goal of the church and one day we won't need the church we won't need missions like so to teach your kids that Christ is worthy now, I think that's that's fundamental. And then that'll help cement that in your own heart um, mm. that He's worthy, and that mm-hmm. it's it, what is. I mean, I it's not the same. It's not missions, but I I, I think of Hannah, you know, in in First Samuel one and two, who gave Samuel back to the Lord yeah. and left him there all year long and only saw him once a year, mm. um, and uh, to serve and and she was joyful in doing that because she recognized that. Samuel didn't belong to her, and that uh, this was a, a a great privilege actually to give him back. So yeah, and as a dad, and right as dads here, that's tough thinking about sending our kids to a place that we won't really see them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, though, what greater joy or yeah. pleasure is there than your kids serving the Lord in that way? Uh, I would much rather that than than be wayward, obviously, yeah. but even just off, even you know, so many kids moving across country. Yeah. But for them to move international or even and being serving the Lord for that purpose, um, I can't see any any greater joy or pleasure yeah. in my mm. kids. So so it's not that the pain the pain's not wrong. Oh, it's right. it's but also like I would say like your ultimate heart response to that is gonna determine where you're at with God. Yeah. So which kind of brings me to my last thing before we close this this part one out and then we'll get into the part two next. Really I think and we'll bring this up again in the next episode, the foundation of having a youth ministry that you know, f- has a good focus and healthy focus and maybe produces some missionaries mm-hmm. is one that really is just one that does the ordinary things really well. Yes. You know, focuses on the word of God, focuses on being God centered and God word and that they're worshiping the Lord mm-hmm. that they know him. Because as we talked about, right, when a student sees Jesus for who he is, mm-hmm. they are going to want to proclaim him and obey whatever he calls them to. So that when he says, go, they're they're going. Yeah. And so if you do all the practical things we're going to talk about next episode, but that's not the foundation, you might get some people to go, but they're not going to go with the right zeal. Yeah. So amen to that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Alex, for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your fears and your joys of going uh, to the mission field. And listeners, please tune in next week to our part two, where we talk about some of these practical things. But for now, thanks for listening to this episode of another Youth Ministry Podcast. Please connect with us on Instagram at another YM Podcast, or you can email us at another YM Podcast at gmail.com.